Welcome to Solutions OP Clinical Trials Podcast. My name is Olga and I'm the Managing Director of Solutions OP. We are a small team of experienced professionals working on clinical trials in the United Kingdom. I'll use our podcast to discuss hot topics in clinical trials and provide analysis of the latest trends and challenges in pharma and medical device industries, not just in the UK, but globally. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me again today uh, in this uh, new episode uh, in our podcast. Uh, so today I'll be talking about how can we close the diagnostic innovation gap in the NHS. And I will start with a little bit of a um, overview of uh, my recent attendance to the um, mid-year meeting of the British In Vitro Diagnostic Association. It was really wonderful meeting. Uh, so I'll I'll give you just uh, uh, some key key points from the meeting, and also uh, then I'll talk about the diagnostic innovation gap and um, what is the biggest uh, issue for the industry at the moment. Everyone who's working in diagnostics. Uh, so as I said, the 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 meeting was uh, literally last week. It was really interesting, and there were lots of key presentations from NHS and from uh, the Department of Trade, and also from uh, MHRA. So it was it was really uh, interesting and informative meeting, and very well organized. Uh, so th- there was a a lot of useful uh, information. Um, so for example. Um, we first started uh, the meeting with uh, uh, the plan and the NHS long-term plan in diagnostics. Uh, it was uh, really good to see uh, that at the moment the the the, const- the accent is on early diagnostic to improve outcome, and I think this is a, a really big shift in healthcare. So far. Uh, majority of the <laughs> the accent is more on treatment after the disease has developed but it's great to see that NHS are looking to work more on early diagnostic and prevention of uh, of, of diseases this is really uh, a great initiative uh, uh, and it's it's really going to make a big difference for for patients in the future also they um, they have a great interest in uh, virtual worlds and um, uh, access to to diagnostic um, they're working on community diagnostic hubs and uh, near patient testing centers like um, all these mobile testing centers if you if you've come across any of them um and also they they have some priority areas um, where they're looking to improve diagnostic like cancer and cardiovascular diseases, uh, where you know that if you catch them early on, uh, the patients have uh, a much better outcome uh, than if they're diagnosed later uh, later on. So that was really interesting introduction about the NHS plans for the uh, for the future and what is their priority. Uh, and then we had a, another meeting from <laughs> another discussion presentation on the meeting from the Department of uh, Business and Trade, and um, they presented uh, a lot of uh, opportunities for companies um, who have diagnostic tests. So basically, they have uh, access to international network of potential clients and investors, and they run these events 
around the world where they're trying to uh, promote uh, UK companies and uh, connect them with potential clients and also potential investors. So they're doing really great job. They're making great efforts to, to help companies. And there was um, a feedback actually from um, one of the guys who were there on the meeting to say that he attended uh, such event. Uh, he was from the industry and he said he was quite pleased you know, from from the support he's received. So that that's all um, very positive. Um, they also mentioned that the life sciences and healthcare are among the priority areas for the government. Uh, so that includes that the government uh, recently invested uh, 100, uh, 121 million uh, uh, pounds to improve commercial clinical trials, which is great news. And we hope to... Uh, to see improvement. Um, also, uh, let's not forget that the UK ranked fourth uh, globally um, in 2022 on the Global Innovation Index. And in 2022, also the UK was top destination for life science venture capital in Europe, which is uh, another really fantastic news. Um, another interesting statistics from them was that more than um, one in three life science startups are actually funded in the UK, according to the statistics for Europe for the last decade. Uh, and not uh, <laughs> not the last thing, really, but uh, um, um, it's uh, also important to say that we have some of the top uh, universities uh, in the world uh, in the UK. So... We have really positive statistics and I think the Department of Business and Trade are really making efforts to, to try and help the UK businesses expand. Another presentation uh, that we have during the meeting was from MHRA. That was also very interesting to see um, what are the key areas they're working on. Uh, so... Artificial intelligence, of course, is uh, uh, is a big hit at the moment. I think in diagnostics. So so far from uh, from the comments, it seems they don't intend to regulate it. Uh, they plan to provide some guidance documents for everyone working in in, in um, diagnostics uh, with artificial intelligence. And the reason for this is because it's a very dynamic field. And um, if you try to regulate it, you have to constantly update the regulations. So that could be, um, you know, quite uh, quite a workload for them and uh, maybe not that efficient as well, because you don't want to create any additional hustle for for companies trying to to work in diagnostics uh, using artificial intelligence. Uh, another important uh, topic, uh, so they mentioned that the C marking uh, for the um, medical devices will uh, be um, valid in the UK until 30th of June 2030. Uh, however, I mean, this is the decision at the moment. So there's no clarity what's going to happen after that. Would they continue accepting the C marking? Uh, so my personal feeling is... They haven't quite decided on this yet and they're still um, thinking about it. So some other guidance that we can expect from MHRA um, is about the companion diagnostics and also post-market uh, surveillance. 
So these are the other uh, uh, hot areas where they're working at the moment uh, to clarify what kind of uh, safety reporting is required for the devices once they're already on the market. Uh, and I really hope they'll make it uh, more practical and uh, straightforward. So that was uh, the, the main part uh, about the meeting. Uh, but then I wanted to, to talk about uh, the diagnostic gap. So what happens is you heard all these great statistics. So we have so many companies working on diagnostics. They have some great products, um, very exciting news. And at the same time, we have the, the NHS. So for those of you who are not familiar, this is the UK public healthcare system. So we have the NHS that has equipment which is 40, 50 years old. So what's happened? You know, we have these great products and, and at the same time, what we use is, is outdated. <laughs> so the, the, that was a quite interesting part of the meeting because we had presenters who have been in NHS for a long time uh, and they, they shared their experience. And I'll try to kind of summarize it, what the issue is really. Uh, so basically, uh, we have these senior managers in the NHS uh, who need new innovations. They have problems they need to solve. They need to be able to diagnose disease quicker and more accurate. They need to be able to reduce the waiting lists. They want to be able to save money on treating patients by diagnosing them earlier. So they have all these issues and they're sitting there waiting for someone to knock on their door and offer them a product that could help them. That could be a solution for them. At the same time, we have on the other side, the industry, people who have these diagnostic tests, who've invested a lot of time and energy to develop their products, to get it on the market. And they want to sell it to the NHS, you know, to find someone who will be interested in their product and who can fund their product so that it could be used for patients. But they don't really know who to contact because there are so many complex um, uh, um, <laughs> setup of the whole NHS. With the, it's quite a bureaucratic structure. It's like a labyrinth. So you have to find the right way to get to the person who might actually be interested in what you're doing. So they need to be basically going there, knocking on each door in the senior management, trying to find out would you be interested in my product? Oh, no, not you. Okay, we'll see someone else. Uh, and it's very complicated. So basically, we have these people there waiting for, for some products that could help them. And at the same time, we have the people who have the products who are trying to get someone to be interested in their product, but they don't know who to contact. And uh, I think this is the, the, the innovation gap that we have. It's not that we don't have the devices. It's just the connection between the industry and the NHS is broken. There's no such connection. Uh, and this is the, 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 biggest, uh, the biggest issue at the moment. And I think uh, the, the ones who really lose from this situation are patients. Because we can have new diagnostic tests and we can use them to help patients and to prevent diseases. And in reality, we don't use them simply because we don't 
get that connection between the industry and the NHS. It's very complicated. I mean, there's no simple solution what they can, uh, the guys from NHS uh, could advise the industry. Um, And, um, you know, they say, well, you keep knocking on every door until you you hit the, the person that actually is interested in your product. But this is not really a solution because um, um, look at the other side. If you're someone in the industry and you're a small company, uh, you want to be able to sell this product as quickly as you can. You want to be able to um, use your time and resources efficiently. So the reality is the smaller companies, they just don't have the time, the resources and the money to go and knock on every door until they hit the correct one. Because this could take them years, actually. And what happens is people get discouraged and disappointed because they go and they can't find anyone who's interested. So at the end, they decide, well, I'll go to another country where it's more clear who I need to contact and how things work. For example, if you go to the US, it's quite clear who you need to contact if you want to sell your product. So it makes a lot more sense for them and probably make it a little bit more easier to get on the market if you have a bit of a clarity who you need who you need to contact and this is what happens i think many probably we lose a lot of companies just because they decide to go somewhere else and not in the uk simply because uh they're just discouraged and disappointed of constantly struggling to to find a, a, the the correct door in the nhs to knock to uh, so, I mean, how can we resolve this? So I think the, the first thing that we should not forget uh, is that it's about time the NHS is more proactive. Now, you can't just sit there and expect someone to come and knock on your, knock on your door. You need to be a bit more proactive and try to search for opportunities, search for diagnostic companies who offer something that could help you. Uh, and don't expect that the companies will just come to you. Because at the end of the day, it's a competition not only between the companies who's going to have the, the best product on the market quicker, but it's also competition between the different countries. Um, and um, there's a great interest in, in new diagnostics from from countries around the world. And everyone is trying to attract the best products the most innovative tests and to get them as quickly as possible to their patients. So if we don't do anything, these companies will go and sell somewhere else. They'll, they'll offer their product to another country. So it's going to be in their benefit. It's not going to be in the UK benefit. So we need the NHS to be a bit more proactive. And there is a very simple solution, actually, if you if you think about it. You know, very often the big problems have very, very simple solution. Uh, and the, the simple solution in, in our case is uh, if we have one portal where diagnostic companies can submit a portfolio and provide information about their products, and this could be submitted to the NHS and they coordinate it internally to whoever might be interested in that product. 
and allowed to have internal review, then they could be called, you know, if someone from NHS is interested, they can contact the company directly and have further discussions. The other thing that uh, I think is, is really misleading is um, I think the, the senior management from the NHS is kind of expecting companies to go and offer them solution to the problem they have. But we should not forget that the companies are designing this product to be used globally. They're not trying to resolve your specific, uh, specific demographic or geographical problem. They're trying to resolve a problem around, around the world for people who have this medical condition or who can develop this disease. So you cannot expect that companies will try to resolve your specific problem. This is something that could be done via discussion between the NHS management that understands the the demographic and the geographical issues and and everything uh, and their population and the company that offers the diagnostic tests. They can sit together and see how this could work logistically and work together to make it work. So I think if we have one portal to allow companies to submit their products to the NHS, and we have the NHS being a bit more proactive and trying to to reach out to companies and, and find something that might work for them, I think we'll have a lot, a lot better outcome of, of the whole uh, 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 situation with diagnostic tests. And I'm sure there will be a lot more tests and a lot more use, uh, useful um, innovations in diagnostics that will reach patients. And at the end of the day, this is what we are trying to do. We are trying to help patients. So thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast. <laughs> thank you.